It's the Not So Bon Voyage Podcast, Episode 3. On today's episode, Junior Joyrides, being held hostage on your travels and one very crappy cruise. Strap in and let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Ahoy! Ahoy there, mateys, and welcome back to the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. I'm Jules. And I'm Christine. And we're back for episode three. Yes, we are. Episode three already. Already. And we are now live, coming at you from every podcasting platform there is. All up in your ears. We're coming at you. We're coming at you. And we launched this week or last week, depending on when you're listening to, or maybe last year, depending if you're a new Voyager. So welcome aboard. But we're live and we've been hearing some pretty good feedback and we're pretty excited to keep going. I know. People are so nice. People are so nice. I hope they're not lying to us. No, we've got some nice friends. <laughs> we you, do. You wait till we start hearing from the strangers, from the random people. Oh, That's God. when we're going to have to look oh, out. I'm nervous. Yeah. Okay. But, but but thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. It's uh, It's been great to hear your feedback. Absolutely. Thank you. So far, so good, I think. So far, so far, not a bad voyage. So far, our ship has not sunk. No, but we do have some pretty uh, not-so-bon voyages today to talk about. Yes, we do. Because we're jumping straight back into it. Should we do a little recap of our format for those of you that skipped episodes one and two? Well, if you're just jumping into episode three, here's a very quick recap. We tell each other stories about when shit goes wrong on the road. That's it. And we're pulling stories from the latest headlines. We're pulling travel lore, folklore. Um, we love lore. We love give, lore. Give it, send us your lore. We're pulling our own stories. We haven't talked much of our own stories just yet, but we will. We'll get we will. there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, and we're bringing the voyagers on the journey with us as we try to uncover all the crazy mishaps and all the times that shit basically hits the fan on the road. Yes. And what's our current travel situation? We are in California. We are in California. And we're actually not really traveling at the moment. Well, I'm going somewhere tomorrow. Oh, you're, oh whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Now, tell everybody, where are you going? I Tomorrow uh, afternoon, I am boarding a plane to Vegas for my bachelorette party. So when you hear this podcast on Monday, Christine will have just be getting back from Vegas. I'll be hungover. And I'm sure next week we'll have some fun stories. We might even do a Vegas-themed episode. I would love to do a Vegas theme because if anything is going to go wrong while traveling, it's going to happen in Vegas. I mean, we've okay. all seen The Hangover, yeah, the documentary. Okay. So basically, Excellent. Christine is going to Vegas to recreate the movie. Pretty much. I'm going to come back with face tattoos, no teeth, all sorts of things. And you're going to marry somebody from uh, Thunder Down Under. Aussie Heat, I Aussie keep heat. telling you. Aussie Heat. Aussie Heat. Thunder from Down Under is done. Oh, that's all, done, all about it? Aussie Heat now. It's all about the Aussie Heat. So yes, so I'm sure we'll have some fun stories for next week's podcast. But today... I think we should get into uh, today's stories. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to start the podcast off with a couple of short stories, some things that are happening in the news, maybe at the moment, maybe you know, relatively recently, and then we're going to jump into our main story of the episode, where Christine's going to tell me a story that I don't know of, and I'm going to tell her a story she doesn't know of, and you can hear our reactions live. Live. Coming at you live. Coming at you live from Christine's room in California. Oh, yeah. Our room. Our room, yeah. yeah. Well, we we don't have a podcast studio just yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Let's jump into some of the headlines that are floating around at the moment, traveling around the news, so to speak. Do you have anything going on? (laughs) 
Do I have anything going have anything on in my going life? On. I hope so. I have a few things going on, but I do have a travel in the news story. If that's what you're referring to, I do. I have three. Oh Jesus! But okay. they're short. Why? You start with I'll one. I'll start. You got a lot. Okay, this is a very quick one that happened uh, September twentieth, twenty nineteen, on an American Airlines flight. From Christine, looks like she's about to sneeze. I she's lost got a sneeze it. Coming. I lost it because you said something. I would have had. Okay. It. Oh, gosh, I hate losing a sneeze. So annoying. Just sneeze. Just show how oh. respectful you are to all our listeners, and just sneeze right, right into the in microphone. The mic. Yeah. I don't want to get them sick. Uh, I actually was thinking before. No, it's I went, allergies. I have allergies. Okay. I was actually thinking I wanted to brush my teeth before we did the podcast, and then I realized absolutely nobody can smell my breath on a podcast. Well, I'm drinking coffee, so. There you go. There you At go. least you're not eating tuna. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, we, if I was eating tuna, we couldn't be in the same room because you right. hate tuna. Anyway, back to this. This little story is called Disrupted Flight. Uh, it happened on an American airline flight from Arizona to Minnesota. And this guy really didn't have a good voyage. Now, I don't know the full story behind it, but on September 20th, the American Airlines flight from Arizona to Minnesota had to make an emergency landing to Denver because a man started smoking pot in the bathroom, punching the back of his seat, and screaming, you're all screwed. Whoa. <laughs> that guy, I was like, okay, smoking pot in the bathroom, like, that's cool, you know, whatever. Well, that's like, cool? Well, not cool, obviously, but it's like, you know, he's just a hippie, he's he wants edgy. to get high, whatever. Yeah. And then kicking the back of the seat. Punching, but yeah. Punching, nobody wants that. Well, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you're all screwed. That's terrifying. Can you if imagine I... being on a flight and somebody gets up and goes, you're all screwed? No, I would. that would be the end for me. I'd be like, okay, this is it, goodbye. So passengers of that flight probably didn't have a good voyage. No, they didn't. Um, and so the plane made an emergency landing in Denver. He was met by police and he they haven't charged him, which indicates perhaps maybe he was having a something, I don't know. He was having a something? I don't know. Maybe something's, <laughs> maybe something's wrong with him. Maybe he's got oh, okay, some, okay. Hmm. some issues. But either way, if you're on a flight and you hear you're all screwed, probably an indication that you're not going to have a good trip. So Yeah, he was not having a good trip. He was definitely not, not in any a, way. No way, way. Uh, so that's that's the first thing that just popped up uh, in my feed today. So I thought, oh, I'll just, you know, mention that. We have been pretty fortunate that we haven't had too many crazy plane stories over the years, which is not a bad thing. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not really complaining about that. I'm, I can take the road, the sea, the land, the everything like that. But, you know, when it comes to the plane, I'll be pretty happy if we don't have any too... Any close calls or not so bon voyages? I don't know about you. You're cool with not so bon voyages on, on land and on the sea? Yeah, I'm all right with that. <laughs> Just bring as, it on. Yeah, bring it on. As long as it's not on a plane. Because it, on a plane, what are you going to do? That's true. But at sea, that's also very scary. I'm a good swimmer. Okay, well, I'm not. Yeah. So if, we'll we have have a, if we have a Titanic situation, I'm on the door, obviously, and you will be holding on they could to the side. easily have fit two people on that door. Jack yeah. did not need to be the hero. He did not need to hang off in the freezing cold water. He could have jumped on that door. He could have found a life jacket. He was being a gentleman. He, he needed the door. could have easily. Okay. I'm just saying that I would get the door. But whatever. To carry on with your story. Okay. No worries, Rose. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you my second one now. Okay, you go, girl. Because I have four, so I'll tell you this one, then you can tell me one, and then I'll tell you the last one, because I think the last one's pretty funny. Um, this one is a story that I actually found a few months ago when we were first talking about this podcast idea, and I called it Junior Joyride, and I just thought it was a really funny story, and it's short that I wanted to talk about. That sounds adorable. Junior Joyride, well, listen to the story. The, the kid is called Sebastian. 
He's four years old and he's from Blaine, Minnesota. Now, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Sebastian jumped in his great-grandfather's SUV and drove a mile and a half down the road to a speedway, which is a gas station, to get okay. candy. Oh, my God. That's so adorable and terrifying at the same terrifying time. Terrifying and hilarious. Also, an SUV? God, those are hard to drive. I don't even like to drive an SUV. It was a Hyundai Santa Fe, so I don't know much about that car, but it doesn't sound like that. a big car. It does not sound big. No. Uh, it was a regular Tuesday morning, 8.30 a.m., and Sebastian decides that he, he's going to use his great-grandfather Roy's walker to unhook the keys that were on a hook on the wall. Genius. He took the car, and away he went. I love it. And here, here are his terrifying yet amazing details of his trip. He backed out of a driveway, drove through some winding streets, turned onto a super busy four-lane road, <gasps> drove it about... 10 to 15 miles an hour the whole way. Oh, my God. Parked safely in a gas station where police picked him up. Wow. Now, that kind of paints a picture of like, you know that scene in, is it The Wolf of Wall Street where he thinks he drove his car oh, home okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got home fine. Yeah. That and then is that actually totally shows it. how he was and he was like, ugh. What they do say later on is that it wasn't all smooth sailing. He apparently knocked over a few mailboxes. And oh, my God. Dinged a tree along the way and portion a portion of the vehicle's bumper was found in the neighbor's house. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. So little Sebastian, four years old, thinks to himself, I'm just going to pop down the gas station and get four myself some candy. Four years old? Four years old. How did he... I, I don't understand how somebody... For, was he very tall for a four-year-old? Like, how could you reach the pedals? I don't know. But when the police found him, they obviously thought... Well, actually, this is hilarious. Captain Mark Borboom said, I've never seen a driver this young before operating a vehicle. No yeah, shit. No shit. <laughs> He's a four. <laughs> He's four years old. But apparently once they found him, um, they took him back to his house and he kind of reenacted the whole scenario for police, the news, his parents, uh, who were very shocked. Panic, anxiety, his mum Janice said, a little bit of almost all the emotions going on, trying to calculate what happened. Terrifying. Wow. Moral of the story, always keep candy in the house so kids don't have to steal your car <laughs> and drive down to the gas station. Moral of the story that the, the family learned is to lock the keys away. Uh, there were a lot of Fast and the Furious jokes made at the time. Okay. There were a lot of, uh, you know, Vin Diesel uh, candy sequels. You know, nice. like some some mashup. What what's that? Um, the Pacifier and Fast and the Furious, oh, like a crossover. That, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was that was just a little funny travel story. Not so much as uh, going that's, to a destination, but that's an adorable story that could have gone very bad. But yes. It's adorable. It's a very And his name is Sebastian. How cute. Sebastian. I just think of Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. Obviously. That's really sweet. Love it. Love it. Okay. I'll tell you my in the news story. This one was suggested to us by our friend Comron. And if I don't give him a shout out, he's going to give me so much shit. So thank you, Comron, for this wonderful suggestion. Um, and if you want your story told, remember, <laughs> get in contact with us at Not So Bon Voyage and use the hashtag Not So Bon Voyage. If you want your story told, have <laughs> drinks with us on a Monday night <laughs> when we go to Tacolicious and we'll tell your story. No, this is just a suggestion. This isn't his story. Um, but basically, this story is on Monday, Thomas Cook, the travel giant from the UK. Heard of it. Not an actual giant, but a company. Not a person. Not a gi- not a giant person. I mean, Thomas Cook was a person. At some stage. I guess he would he, have been. He was. He was okay. an explorer or something? Yeah, sure he was. We'll go with that. Um, Thomas Cook, the company, filed for bankruptcy on Monday. Okay? They went into compulsory liquidation, which 
sounds very British to me. Well, this sounds very extreme. Compulsory. Liquidate the company. Right? Liquidate everything. Shred the documents. Definitely shred the De- documents. They shredded a shred lot of Shred the documents, documents. If you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, if you don't know Thomas Cook, it's a huge British travel company. They basically had all their fingers and all the pies, and they would do like one-stop shop for vacations. So you'd book their, the flight with them, the hotel room, local transport, tours, meals, etc. Um, They're the all-inclusive. They are the all-inclusive. It's like, don't just book it, Thomas Cook it. Do you know that? Mm, okay. That's the uh, that's, it. that's the Did slogan. you make that up? Or that's I did it? not. That'd be. Go- I'm like, can you give me a job? Well, well, no, not anymore. Not anymore. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's their actual slogan. So they ran their own hotels and had their own airline. They're an airline. They had an air. Yes, they had Thomas Cook Airline. Okay. They ran their own hotels. They were like the behemoth of travel. Were they the Roman Empire? so to speak. It got mm. a little bit stretched too far, perhaps. Too big for their britches. Too big for their boots, we say. Yes. Um, so I don't know much about the financial side, but basically they were not making enough money as one does when one is a company and fails. Uh, and they were trying to get bailouts and stuff and they didn't get it. So what so, happened? So on Monday, they fell down. Okay. let's. We're not a finance podcast. <laughs> we're not a finance podcast. Um, she went wrong for them on a business side. Yes. So basically, they just shut down out of nowhere, and they had uh, over 150,000 travelers that were stranded around the world because they got shut down. People that were on trips. Uh, that were on trips. So 150,000 people really not having a good time. Not having a good time. Not to mention airline crew, you know, people of that nature. So it- Of that nature. <laughs> That's really associ- We don't associate with airline crew. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I did not mean to sound so bitchy. That doesn't. I don't care. You can be an airline crew. I don't really care what you do. Um, <laughs> so, in uh, in different parts of the world, uh, pa- uh, travelers were being held hostage essentially by their hotels. The what, because hotels, they couldn't pay. Like, because Thomas Cook didn't finish paying their you know, fees. Uh, So they were were freaking out thinking they were going to lose out on all this money. So a lot of hotels in Cuba, Tunisia, other places had security guards outside of the hotel and said, you can't leave. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? And very scary. I would think. So what's it? So the idea would be that these tourists had paid Thomas Cook a lump sum to go traveling. Like a deposit. As a deposit of some sort. And then, and then essentially Thomas Cook would pay all the destinations, the hotels, the transport, like, periodically yes so these people have paid already for their holiday probably like one of those all-inclusive packages assuming that they are just gonna like everything's done yeah and instead they tried to leave their hotel in where is it tunisia tunisia cuba and someone just went uh-uh. yeah exactly damn i don't know how like being held hostage is a very strong term i yes. don't know the conditions for that but i can imagine if you're overseas and you're not even allowed to leave your hotel it's least at the least, very frustrating. As frustrating as you hitting the mic for oh the second God. time, you know what? You know I talk with my hands. Christine. You, you knew this when you proposed to me. And it's just, the mic is flying everywhere here, so bear with us. Okay. Well, so what happened? So what? what's happening? Uh, well, even I was also going to say, even in Vegas, which is American, obviously. I'm going tomorrow. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> are, you, are you excited about that? I'm just a little excited. Um, air stewardesses 
and stewards. <laughs> you know them. <laughs> um, you know how Christine feels you know about how them. I feel about them. Um, from Thomas Cook are getting kicked out of their hotels in Vegas because they're not getting the hotels aren't getting paid from the company anymore. So they're having all these issues. So basically, it's a big shit show. Um, so that is going to be such a logistical oof, oof, nightmare. What a nightmare. Yeah. So other airlines are stepping up. Virgin Atlantic, British Airways, Air, Airways, they're helping. The UK Embassy is great opportunity out. for PR, right? I mean, shout out to Virgin Atlantic. Virgin and Atlantic Airways. to the rescue and British Airways. <laughs> um, so, but not the air stewardesses <laughs> or air crew. Just for the record, I have nothing against air crew. I think that they're wonderful people. Wonderful Keep people. up the great work. Um, the UK embassy is getting involved, uh, but apparently Thomas Cook says they're getting that 90% of people have come home already. So a bit of a media story to follow as well. I mean, it's a pretty like dramatic 150,000 people stranded. Well, one, um, news story quoted it as 600,000. Okay, come on, settle down, settle down. And then they have a correction at the bottom that says, this number is actually 150,000, 600,000 is like uh, all the crew and um, the employees of the company that are getting affected. Okay. But they didn't actually change it in the article, they just have a correction at the bottom. Yeah, because 600,000 seems way more dramatic. Right? Clickbait. Serious clickbait. So, Thomas Cook, you did not cook well you did not cook well you are not having a very good voyage there's a lot of people there that have had a lot of shit going wrong and we wish them all the best yes if you're affected by the thomas cook bailout call this number we're doing a class (laughs) action settlement actually just kidding we just hope for the best for you but if anybody is listening to this that was affected by thomas cook uh do get in contact with us because it'd be interesting to hear your story because i imagine it would be uh very frustrating and perhaps depending on where you are and the level of hostage that you were held at oh yeah so you want to talk to the hostages yeah the hostages if you're Um, a hostage contact us yes so that would be very interesting to follow up on but maybe we'll uh you know we'll keep you guys updated on what happens to those people or maybe not because we'll just get we'll forget about it we'll get over it we'll probably forget (laughs) about it next week (laughs) i'm sure they'll all make it back so that's all good Best of luck with everybody. Best of luck. But not to the people of Thomas Cook, because it seems like they, you know, like not, mean, the, not the big wigs. Yeah, not the big wigs, especially if anybody that's profiting from this, you know, yeah. that happens. Okay, next story. Next story. This is the, the my last story before we get into the big ones. Uh, I called this Skimpy Venice, um, but mm. I don't know, because I couldn't think of anything else. But Are you naming your stories? Are we supposed to do this? No, I, not I, just, doing I just like made a little headline and I just thought I'd had fun, you know. I love it. Have yeah. fun. Skimpy Venice. Uh, this happened uh, last week, mid-September 2019, depending on when you're listening. And two Czech tourists were found skinny dipping in the Venice canals in Italy. Oh, scandalous. Scandalous. Uh, police were alerted to their behavior by people, other people sort of shouting by, uh, like passerbyers, uh, and the, lo- the so the local police said that when they stumbled across them, they said they said they felt like it's they were stumbling onto a movie set, and they quote found two men completely naked, intent on laughing and joking with each other, and trying to catch the attention of passerbyers. Uh, oh, so instantly, uh, intent on joking and laughing with so each other. So my hilarious. instant reaction is, I imagine these two 
um, people sort of like lounging. You know, if you've been to Venice before, you know it's very beautiful, the canals. And, and just imagine these two people kind of looking like maybe like an old painting and just like, ha, 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 Maybe they have grapes and they're eating grapes and well, whatnot. Well, I mean, that's what I thought of. Yeah. Very like sort of chiseled, muscly men kind of lounging on the thing. Maybe a little bit like, a little bit, you know, hey, yeah. you know, feeding each other grapes, having a good time. Uh, but basically the police, um, they told the police that it was particularly warm that day, so they decided to go for a swim Police made them get dressed. They went down to a local station where they were fined for public indecency and they were fined about 3,000 euros Ooh. each, which is about $3,200 oh, US. So, yes. yeah. Okay. Yes, Venice is beautiful, but the canals are oh, disgusting. disgusting. Why would you ever go in there? Ugh. I don't know. I mean, I think it's something like 25 million people a year visit Venice. Um, you know, don't quote me on that, but... I think it's something like that. <laughs> Did you literally just make that up in your head? No, I think I saw it in a story, but I can't remember. Okay. So it may or may not be true. It could be upwards or southwards. Yes. It'll be somewhere above or below that number. Okay. I can guarantee you that. Um, the, the or canals right on just, the money. Yeah. But those canals, disgusting. Yeah. When I was in sixth grade, we had to write a story about like our wedding or something. And I wrote that I would get married in Venice. And then afterwards, we would take a gondola ride and we would be like having so much fun and laughing and stuff. We'd like fall over into the canal and it would be like, ha ha ha. Like these people. <laughs> it's amazing. Would, would, like would you be intent on laughing and joking with each other? I think so. And catching the attention. I mean, I'd be in a wedding dress, so catch the attention. Oh, ha, ha. Like a romantic comedy. But then when I went to Venice, I was like, hell no, I would never get in that water. That is disgusting. Disgusting. Well, actually, this is a very, very quick side story. But when I was researching this, I saw that like a couple of weeks before this story, there was a video that somebody filmed of somebody headbutting a gondolier, <gasps> a person who, like, it was like they got in a fight with somebody. I mean, those, but the person headbutted the gondolier and then they, like, took a swing at him and the gondolier person didn't do anything. Really? Yeah, which That's surprises me. shocking to me. Yeah. Good restraint. Very good restraint. But, mm. yes, moral of the story is do not go skinny dipping in Venice. Choose okay. other places to go skinny dipping. I mean, you're in Europe. You can go skinny dipping so many places. You don't even... I mean, is is skinny dipping like the implication that you're not supposed to be naked? Or well, is it like... Skinny dipping, you are naked. Yeah, no, but like, is it like is it is it based on oh. the idea that you're like you're doing... Like a naughty thing? Like a naughty thing. Um, I don't know. Because isn't there a lot of... Yeah, you're There's right. a lot of it's nude beaches. It's not just a nude beach. You're like, right. There's a lot of nude beaches in Europe. That's true. Where you can get your boobies out. Yeah. Or your wang. You, anything. Anything. Your butt. Yeah. I mean, if you got everything else but your butt out, that would be kind of weird. That would be weird. What are you going to be wearing? Like the opposite of assless chaps? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. But... We don't know. But anyway, there you go. $3,200 US fine if you are skinny dipping in Venice. Yikes. During the day they did that? I mean, I'm assuming so. God, that's weird. I'm just thinking of that water. Oh, that water is disgusting. It's so dirty. It's sewage, right? Uh, no, no, it's no? not serious. Oh, it's not, okay. I mean, there's not a turd floating down. It, hey, not, you never you're know. You're not like, and someone's gondoling you down, then there's just a poo floating Ew. down the water. Oh my God, that was so disgusting. Mm. Okay, sorry, it's not sewage. It's just water. Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it's just water from the sea. It looks dirtier. Yeah, well, I mean, it probably has trash and things. Mm, okay, okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, that was what was in the news this week and also in June. Yes.
What a lovely time for news <laughs> to travel. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Thomas Cook, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So main on stories. to our main stories. Okay. So if you're not familiar, re- quick recap again. Christine has researched a, a travel story a little in a bit more detail. I've also researched one. We do not know what each other's stories are. And we're going to be telling them to each other for the first time and to you guys for the first time live and unfiltered. Definitely unfiltered. Definitely unfiltered. Who's got the time to edit? Uh, not me. Got to keep uh, it this rolling. <laughs> so, rolling. would you like to go first, or would you like to go second? Um, let's have. Well, I don't know either one. I Whatever. think you should go first because okay. I've already been talking a lot. Okay. Oh, have you? I feel like <laughs> something it. new and different. Okay. So my story is about a man named Greg Mortensen. Do you know who that is? Yes. You do? No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, damn. Um, but I mean, he is a notable figure. But before I get into why he's notable, I'm going to give you a little background. So he's from Minnesota. Um, his When he was one years old, his parents took him to what is present day Tanzania, aka Tanzania. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> when I was writing this, I was like, Tanzania. Somebody once told us that Tanzania is pronounced Tanzania. Yes, and then we've asked people from Tanzania, and they're like, "That's not true." So that, they were was from South Africa. Mess with us. So we took them as gospel, but we someone don't know. tell us the truth. We Tanzania. need to know or Tanzania. Okay. We don't know. Anyway, so his parents took him to present-day Tanzania or Tanzania, however you pronounce it, uh, with the Lutheran Church. To um, his parents were going to be teachers for a girls' school there in the mountains. Um, so his background with his parents is like education, education, missionary type work. So then in 93, when this man is 36, he travels to Pakistan to climb K2, which is a very tall mountain. Is it called K2? Yes. That's what it's called. I always thought K2 was like Kilimanjaro 2. Me too. I literally, oh my God, that is exactly what I thought too. I thought it was the same. I thought it was in Africa. Is Kilimanjaro in Africa? Yeah, that's in Tanz- Tanzania. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So this is like the. That's. I thought K two was just a little smaller version that was near Kilimanjaro. There was like K one, Kilimanjaro, and then K two. K two, right? Just a little, like a little uh, baby brother. Like yeah, I, that's not what it is though. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. There's probably that a makes lot of me people. feel better. There's probably a lot of people who know the right answer as well, and like these guys, Are these guys dumbs. call themselves travel experts. Okay. Well, we're not trekkers. We're not trekkers. We, we have trekked. We've trekked. We have trekked. But we're not trekkers. Sometimes on accident. Yeah. Yeah. And we're definitely not truckers. We're definitely not truckers. We've never trucked. So I'm not that good of a driver, so I would be a terrible trucker. Anyway, he travels to Pakistan. That is where K2 is. I think it's literally just called K2. Okay. Well, let's just go with that for now. We'll go with that. Um, but he did not make it up. After more than 70 days, him and his climbing buddy were like, this isn't going to happen. So he's not a trekker either then. Well, okay. So they they tell the story about that they like were in a rescue mission to save this other person. So that took a lot out of him. Okay, Um, excuses, yep. So he, after 70 days, he couldn't do it. um, And he was making his descent and he took a wrong turn and ended up in the small village of Corfi. Oh, I should have looked up the pronunciation. Coffee. I don't know the pronunciation. But, I'm not but going... that's kind of a trend that we're going for. Why would we give the people anything different? We yeah. don't know how to pronounce places from we around the world. suck at this. Um, K-O-R-P-H-E. Corpy. 
Quirpy? Yeah. It has PH, but anyway. Coffee. So his story is that he gets lost, gets taken into this village, and basically nursed back to health from the locals. They're very welcoming, hospitable, and he is so grateful that he promises to come back and build schools because he sees that the children are learning outdoors and writing their lessons in the dirt. Whoa. Okay. Do you know where the story is going? Um, I wonder if you've heard of this story. Well, continue, and I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he goes back to the States. He fundraises. He's, like, trying to get people to donate to these schools. It's not working out Is this out Pencils to well. Promise? No. Oh, okay. Um, this is not Pencils to Promise. They're more legit than this. So he goes back to the States. He's, like, talking to the Silicon Valley uh tech guy who's like you you need to start a nonprofit so people can donate and get tax write-offs because you know that's how the world works let's be honest if you want to help people you want to get a little something something for it you need a little something something if you know what i mean so he eventually starts uh the central asian institute cai and the amount of times I said CIA in my head, oh my God, I wrote down CIA. And he starts the CIA. He starts the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, no, he starts... Or the Culinary Institute of America. Oh. Located are they CIA? Located in Nepa somewhere. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting acronym choice, Check but it okay. Out. So he raises a ton of money from very notable figures, including President Obama. You ever heard of him? Pretty yep. important guy. Very important guy. Um, you go, Obama. Obama donates, I think, like $100,000 from his Nobel Peace Prize He would have money. more money than that. I didn't even... Oh, well, I mean, he, he, I bet he donates to a lot of things. Yes. Good I on don't you. think I even realized Obama got a Nobel Peace Prize. I didn't realize that. Oh, sorry, Obama. Anyway, so he's, you know, getting money from all these different people and different sources. And in the midst of this, he writes a book. The book is called Three Cups of Tea. Three Cups of Tea. Uh, Have you heard now, of this? Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay, go. Okay. Three Cups of Tea is about his story going into rural Pakistan, building schools. I think schools, I know where this is going now. Da da da. Um, building schools for girls, specifically, you know, the whole Ticking all the, the boxes. Sh- education, women in education. Exactly. Yep. All so, the boxes. Yeah. So he's got the book out he's like writing another book like he's become this humanitarian hero figure like mega person so then things start to get a little fishy oh fishy it's a little fishy okay so like his climbing partners and local villagers are saying that he mortensen wasn't even there during the period that he was describing and like people are just getting starting to get more suspicious and Basically, oh my God, just Wikipedia is so funny. Like every sentence, because so much of this has come out as like uh, suspicious, every sentence is like, according to the now discredited account in his book, da 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 da, or like Mortensen states that he da da da, instead yeah. of like just what happened. Yes. So they are just throwing so much shade, and I love it. It's throw him under the bus. Yeah. So in 2011, it basically comes out that a lot of the book is dramatized. Dramatized? Drum, yeah. False. False. Uh, or just, just like overly exaggerated. exaggerated. So like basically he's saying that he came down from K2, ran into his villagers, met them, decided to start a school, da-da-da. But apparently this was happening over a long period of time. He was going like up and down and like 
it was all separate trips and it wasn't really, you know. It wasn't the romanticized version that he not. was telling. He might have indulged in the truth just a little just wee bit. Just a little. So it's, a at first bit. it's kind of like, okay, poetic license. You know, you want to make a good book to raise more money. But then there's other stories that ju- that come out. Like he said he was kidnapped by the Taliban for eight days. And they're like people, it's now come out that that's just a dramatized version of when he was hosted by generous locals in a, in a town. Okay, so that's a bit of a stretch. That's now, kind that, of a I don't know if full that's, BS. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call that a dramatization or just complete bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a difference between, I mean, like, how did he get out of, away from the Taliban? They just held him for eight days and just went, yeah, okay, well... Uh, yeah, we're done now. We're done now. Eight yeah. days is probably good enough in our books, in the Taliban handbook. Yeah. Uh, t- eight <laughs> days is just about it, so... Yeah, on your way, and thank you. Eight days please, is your uh, night minimum that you have yeah, to spend with please us. remember to give us a five-star rating for all hostage and uh, services. Yeah. And don't forget to tip your bag. And guy. refer us on Airbnb. Yeah, refer us. Basically. So so then it starts becoming like more lies, more lies. and But one of the biggest issues is he took a lot of money from the charity to go travel to do this book tour. Uh, $1.7 million, in fact. Oh, okay. And let me guess, he, those uh, late-night sessions at the strip club and those lobster meals... research. Those lobster meals were all uh, very necessary to the yes. book campaign. Yes. You know, and research and, you know... He was whining and dining, the donors and whatnot. So, yeah. um, so he was chartering private planes to speaking events. Uh, the nonprofit actually bought tens of thousands of copies of his book, is that how they got him on the bestseller list or whatever? I, I mean, that's I've what everybody people. does, but yeah. to have a nonprofit buy it, it's yeah. so sketchy. Yeah, that's what they say about authors. Like, they just buy their own book, like, yeah. a million times over. So this guy's, so this guy's like, epic sort of heroic voyage is really turning out to be a bit of a flop. Yeah. And he seems to be falling more into the not-so-bon voyage category of just, um, well... He didn't actually. He's a liar, really, in general, because yeah. it's not like he had something bad happen to him. He lied about bad things. Totally. So where does that put him? Um, Douchebag. Well, yeah, I yeah. feel so. I feel bad even just saying that. Why? I don't know. Like, I feel like he had good intentions. He just okay. So a lot of people who like were involved said like, you know, he really wanted to do good, but he didn't know how to handle all the finances, handle all the development, all that stuff. Which is just like, you know, travelers going into foreign developing countries trying to do good and like thinking they know what to do best and raising money. Mm. I mean, Jules and I come from a nonprofit background, so we've definitely seen people building a lot of hype, raising a lot of money and Mm -hmm. not putting that money towards good use. Yeah. And and I think it's hard when there's a lot of people who do have those good intentions and they kind of get sucked into like I don't know. They believe their own hype, and it's yeah. kind of like hard. I mean, this is like this is like a bit of a stretch, but we recently watched that HBO documentary about the Theranos thing. Oh yeah, and like that's a really good example. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, you should check it out. It's got nothing to do with travel, but it's just an interesting documentary mm-hmm. about somebody who basically defrauded companies and investors for millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, uh, well, billion wasn't it? They were invested anyway. That's an interesting sort of parallel with people who like believe their own hype. Yeah, totally. You pretty much have to believe your own hype. Like if you're at that level of bullshit, I feel like you just have to believe it. Believe your own bullshit. If you don't believe it, who else is going to? Totally. So anyway, so he spent a ton of money on this book tour, private planes, 
they bought a bunch of copies. Was he of his traveling book. back to this place? Well, in apparently the he didn't spend much time there. So when he was building schools, so he so he comes across this community. They take him in. He what he sort of pledges he wants to do something to help him out. Does he go back there and visit them? Like, is he traveling there or is he just? I I don't know exactly, but I know he didn't spend much time there. Okay. He was spending much more time because then he came out with the second book, uh, Stones. Got to do the follow up. Yeah, exactly. Stones into schools. Oh, mm, what a title! I know, I know. It. I mean, the whole thing is. It would be so great if it didn't wasn't you know such a disaster. Um, but I mean, books schools were built, but sixty minutes did an expose on it, and they went to like. 30 or 60 schools, 60 schools, 60 minutes. Um, And they said like half of them, half of them were abandoned or um, not being used for uh, schools. And it was just kind of like this. We can't just build the infrastructure and, and like the physical infrastructure if you don't have the like capacity. So you can't just, you can build a school in one of these areas, but if you don't have the teachers or money like to fund it, Mm -hmm. then it's not, it's just going to be useless building. So totally. Well, that is disappointing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, in 2009, the total cost for his book promo and fundraising was $4.6 million. That was taken from the organization. $4.6 million. That's wow. so much money. So much money. It's insane. Okay. One of my favorite parts about this story is um, one of his original donors was John Krakauer or whatever. The guy who wrote Into the Wild. Oh, yeah. How do you pronounce that guy's name? I don't know. Krakier? Krakauer? I don't know. I've never... Who knows? Sorry, John. I don't know. John Um, Cracker. John Cracker. And John Triscuit. um, He... he, Founded Cheez-Its. Founded Cheez-Its. And he wrote Into the Wild, you know, normal story. So he donated to this guy's organization and then basically found out it was like bullshit. And uh, he wrote a very long article slash ebook called Three Cups of Deceit. Oh, and basically has burn. like calmed down so hard on uh, Mortensen and just been like, you like are a terrible person and you're like stealing money and all this stuff. And it's just the shade that has come between them is, I just think, just full of drama. Drama. Just so much drama. Well, he, I mean, he is a notable travel author for Into the Wild. Yes, he is. We've talked, we talked very briefly about Into the Wild on our first Oh yeah, episode, um, and I think we're going to cover it at some stage because it's it's uh, probably one of the more famous travel stories in the last couple of centuries, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if not, probably one of the most notable ones, especially given the book and then the movie hype as well. And yeah, just a great, a very interesting story. Great movie. Go great out, movie. rent it. Go to Blockbuster if you have the last remaining Blockbuster. Isn't there one Blockbuster? There left? is one Blockbuster left in Bend, Oregon. Oh. God, Blockbuster. So many memories. Oh, so good riddance. What? Oh, well, Why? Whatever. I don't know. Times are changing, man. Oh. Yeah. Netflix. Okay. So what's the wrap up with this guy? So the wrap up wrap is that up. Um, he was investigated by the Montana Attorney General um, and he had to pay a million dollars back to the organization. Um, which that he, he that paid. he runs. Well, he got he basically got kicked out. Okay. He was forced to resign, and uh, he's still an employee. He was forced to resign as an executive director, and he's not on the board anymore. But he's still an employee. So all of this because he decided to fabricate a story about a trek to K two, which we still are not sure of the true name. Yeah. Well, I mean that's crazy. Like it got it went from like I wonder if this is something that he already had in his head. 
I don't know. I mean, you would kind of think so. It's just it's just a classic story of a, a person going into a country, getting like receiving wonderful hospitality and being like, I want to give back. And then it just spirals into this craziness. Mm. But this is like next level. I mean, Obama. He's Obama. involved. He's involved. He's involved. Ever heard of him? You ever heard of him? So, well, uh, yeah, that's the shit show. That is uh, the very short version of Three Cups of Tea. Well, that is a good transition segue to mine. Really? The shit show. Oh, God. Because my main story is called oh, no. Poop Cruise. Oh, no. <laughs> this is uh, No, I can't take credit for the name of this because this is the name that was going around the media at the time. But Poop Cruise, uh, you know, I'll just give you a second just to think about where that, this is going. In 2013, a Carnival cruise aboard the Carnival Triumph uh, was going from Galveston, Texas to Mexico. It's a huge cruise ship. It's over 100,000 tons. I think so. Uh, don't know how much ships weigh. Not really sure. I think that was a big number. <laughs> it uh, sounds like a big number. There's 4,000. There's 4,200 people aboard, which includes 3,100 passengers. Now, my first thing was that that's a th- that's a four to one rate. No. What's the ratio? Seventy-five percent of the people are passengers. That's a mm-hmm. isn't that a big amount of crew? A thousand people. Is it four to one or one to four? It's one to four. So one crew for every four people. Uh, or four um, crew for every one we, person. We should really not attempt to do math live on a podcast. <laughs> it's four thousand people and okay. three thousand are passengers. Okay, so it's one. It is one to four. One to four. Um, you mean you think that's a lot of crew? That's a lot of crew. I don't know. I feel like you need a lot of crew on a cruise ship. I mean, you have a lot of people, like, aside from all the servers, then you have, like, the engineer team, you have the wait staff, you have the cleaning, but I don't know. I just thought it seemed like a, a lot pilot, of pilot. Boat pilot. Captain, the boat pilot. Captain. Now Captain. formerly known as a boat, the uh, boat pilot. The boat pilot. Yep. Anyway, so it's a big cruise ship. It's got a lot of people. There are, th- let me paint the picture of this beautiful cruise ship, the Carnival Triumph. There are 13 decks, four swimming pools, seven, seven whirlpools. Now, I don't know what the difference between a swimming pool and a whirlpool is. It's a smaller um, pool. Well, doesn't a whirlpool like go in like a circle or something? I mean, you know, like... I mean, what, like a plug? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, there's seven whirlpools. I think a is. whirlpool is probably a jacuzzi. Oh, well, uh, yeah, maybe. Well, they should just say jacuzzi. A giant casino... <laughs> And a relaxing spot. We have a problem with people not saying, you know, the right, the, word. the right words. I think a I think Whirlpool is a um, like, like a, a brand. I think it's a brand oh. of hot tubs. Well, maybe it's a hot tub. Uh, they've got a giant casino, a relaxing spa, a host of restaurants, bars, and other areas to enjoy. And so Sounds the ship. Terrible. For, yeah, we're not cruises. we're not big cruise people. Uh, so the ship was going from um, Galveston, Texas, to Mexico to Cozumel. And then back. So I think the whole cruise itself was only supposed to be four days. So the ship had reached its destination at Cozumel and was headed back when shit went down. Oh, no. Three days into the four days of the cruise, an engine fire broke out and the ship's engines shut down and the ship became stranded at sea. For four days, four whole days, the cruise ship sat in the middle of nowhere and shit really started to go wrong. Literally. No. So the power stops working. Everything sort of backs up. So basically, here's the biggest thing. This is why it's called Poop Cruise. The toilets stopped working and began overflowing. And as the ship was like, I guess when it's not charting a course and it's just sitting in the water, it's more susceptible to rock. 
The shit or the ship? Both. both. So the <laughs> ship is like kind of rocking with the winds and with the water. Because it's not like pushing through with an engine. It's just kind of like rocking in the water. Okay. And so toilets are overflowing. They're splashing Ugh. out Ugh. into the hallway. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, some of the people, some of the toilets started flowing to the halls. And people were basically given like these red biohazard bags to use as bathrooms. Oh my god, I would, I, f- I would vomit. Yes. So this is the, po- the the infamous poop cruise, where not just one person had a bad voyage. Literally four thousand two hundred people had a not so bon voyage. It is uh, so bad. It is disgusting. One of the passengers described the ship as a floating toilet. Ew. I would just go to the toilet over the edge. That was yeah. my first thought. My first. It's thought a bit was, dangerous though, because what if you fell over? Well, you could, as a man, it'd be easy to pee over the oh, edge. Oh, okay, yeah, true. But like, yeah, it would be. I guess it'd be a bit harder to hang your butt over the edge. And poo. Yeah, because you could fall over. Oh. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming the power went down because there was there was no running water, which probably runs on a pump type system. There was no AC. There was also limited food because I guess they were probably only like planning for four days, uh-huh. and they end up. Being, so they're like day seven by the end. Limited food. And I love this quote. One person, so your ship gets stranded. You, the engines are blown. There's shit literally flowing through the halls. And it was described as no running water, terrible, no power, no AC, limited food, and widespread boredom. Uh, boredom? Boredom. Oh, my God. People had to wait for up to four hours to get food. Sometimes it was only stale vegetables. The crew, apparently the crew were amazing. Okay. The crew were, apparently a lot of people have said, like, given the circumstances, the crew were, like, spot on. Okay, like, raises they, to every single person that was on Yeah, seriously, cruise. they really did a good job. Uh, they handed out free beer and wine to passengers. Well, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to calm them down. It got so hot that some passengers slept in hallways or outside to get away from the heat. Um, yeah, and eventually, so basically it was there for, like, four days, and eventually another ship came out and towed it. Back to Mobile, Alabama, I guess was one of the closest ports. It took about another day or so. So they eventually, they eventually on the ship for five days. Wow. The shit ship. The shit ship. Five days stranded on a ship. Now that is definitely- Five days a, total or five extra days? Well, three days on the ship having a great time. Okay. Ooh, we were down in Mexico. Where, yeah. Where, what was, what, how did somebody describe cruise ships? The- Oh, for the um, oh, near, newlywed, overfed, and nearly dead or something yeah. like that? <laughs> we did so not make that up. We did no. not make that up. We're just uh, passing on what we heard one day. So, uh, yeah, so they're, they're down on the cruise ship for three days, having a good time. And then, well, they're down in Mexico for two days. They're making their way back on day three. Bang. Engines blow. Power goes. Shit is full up. Ugh. Everybody goes into panic mode. But... Everything got sorted out. They eventually got towed. All the people got taken to hotels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they must have stank. All the carnival crew and that had to stay aboard to like clean up the ship. And apparently, though, a lot of people were singing their praises for the way that they handled it afterwards. And the crew were very, um, I don't say humble, but they were very, I don't know, helpful. Nice. Very helpful uh, cleaning up um, red biohazard bags, I guess. God. So that is the poop cruise. 
And did I, the guests get any sort of recompensation? You know, or anything that's like that? so. Some of the people, yeah, okay. So I didn't read anything specifically about like, okay, you've got a free cruise, or you, I mean, I'm sure they got their money back for the cruise. Their all their expenses paid. Some people were um, filing lawsuits against it. Of course, of course. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, one, I mean, that I you could get really sick. I think two people were taken off the ship by emergency. So I guess like the whole cruise ship is there. Like they couldn't really do anything. I think two people ended up being taken off the ship for uh, issues with dialysis or something like that. So like there was medical related things. So I guess they, because they were able, they were able to radio in. Um, And so two people got taken off. Uh, There was, I think 30 odd cases, lawsuits opened up about it, but it didn't, it didn't slow the business down. Carnival Cruises, one of the biggest cruise lines, around the world apparently as early as two months after that their same ship was booked out wow like to sail away and sail away sail sail away away. uh there you go hey here's a funny tidbit the u.s coast guard who was investigating the the issue was Teresa hatfield (gasps) your long last relative no relation that i know of but just thought it was interesting that is interesting and one thing that's interesting is that and we learned this recently on another podcast the ship was registered to the Bahamas. So all of the legal cases, it's something to do with who, whatever the flag vessel is to the Bahamas. So that's who you take up the lawsuit with, even though the company is US. Hmm. Something like that. I don't okay. know. Maritime law. Maritime Not law. Not our strong point. It's maritime law. It's maritime law. I'm more into land law. Yeah, I'm more into air law. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, we have our own specialties. Yeah, looking for a maritime law expert. I'm looking for a maritime lawyer to join our podcast. We yep. can be the trifecta. Killing it. Call us. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. Cruises, though. Thoughts? That made me nauseous. Thoughts of, you, of cruises? Um, thoughts of cruises, they make me nauseous anyway. Mm-hmm. So the poop cruise makes me double nauseous, and I would throw up. So that sounds fun. A lot of people did. Yeah. yeah, we're not, not really cru- cruise We're person. not cruise people. We're no. not. We've been on a couple of cruises. We did a cruise. Actually, we'd never cruised before. And then in 2016, we went on two cruises. Ugh. One of them was to the Dominican Republic and back. That was manageable. That was very manageable. Uh, the other one was taking a cruise from Colombia all the way across the Atlantic to Portugal. Oof. 12 days? 15 days? Uh, 14 days? 14 days. Oh my god! I've never been so happy to see land. Yep. I was like, "Get me off Don't this do that. boat!" Never do that. Never it, do that as a cruise. I get seasick, so that's not fun. Um, and just the time difference, because you're going from you know different parts of the world. There's a huge time difference between South America and Europe. Well, every night, like every second night, the clock would go forward an hour, so we just like were slowly losing sleep. It was and just weird. Very weird to catch up. Very and, trippy. Hard to stay on track. And going days without seeing anything. Oh. Like literally. I mean, once. So we left Cartagena. We sailed for one day to St. Martin. Spent a day there. And then the next 10, 12 days. Like, no, next 12 days. It was just water as far as you could see. No land. No land. Oh, my God. And rocky. Occasionally, not too bad, but just too long. Too long to be on a ship. Too long. You want to do a cruise, this is a cruise you should do. Three days, all-inclusive, go to a small island somewhere. Actually, this cruise probably wouldn't be too bad. Four days. Yeah, if it wasn't full of shit. Yeah, unless you had hallways full of shit. Yeah. But other than that, (laughs) other than that... I would do like a Disney cruise. I think that could be fun. Like when we have a family, you know. They have all like the water slides and stuff. 
That looks fun. Yeah, just don't go. I think if you stay in like a golf or a, or a bay, yes, something when you hit the open seas, you start getting rockier. Oof. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess it's all weather dependent. Yeah, but generally, cruise people, nah. nah. But if you're a cruise person, hey, that's all right. Yeah, you go. You, you go. Do your thing. You do your thing. Yeah. Um, so do you have any cruise mishaps? Make sure you send them into us. Yes. Maybe one day we'll do a cruise themed episode. I'm sure we will. We keep sort of picking out all these like themed episodes. I mean, themes are fun. Themes are theme fun. Theme party, theme park, theme... Theme wedding. Theme wedding. We are theme, not doing that. Theme lots of things. So many themes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Are we doing th- our travel wins? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to save that for another time. Okay. Travel wins. Travel wins. We're thinking about doing travel wins. You know, the, the stories where shit doesn't go wrong on the road. Just a little snippet. Just to yeah. give you guys some hope that things do work out all right. About, yeah. Or talking about trips we're excited about or travel that we've enjoyed. Mm. Yeah. 53 minutes. I reckon we're just about done. I mean, everyone knows I'm going to Vegas tomorrow, so oh, I got to get Tell ready. them again. <laughs> I am going to Vegas. Well, I can't wait next week until we do um, a Vegas-themed I might tell my own story. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you know, you, you'll you have to save it for me then and tell okay. me live. Okay. Okay. So that's what we'll do. Okay. If, unless Christine gets into some crazy stories and then I like hear about them from the news. From the uh, news. <laughs> uh, we're going to aim to do a Vegas themed episode, which I'm sure will be very entertaining. Yes. And Christine will hopefully have to, you'll have, so that's your job this weekend to go out and find a crazy story. Oh, I definitely will. I uh, might end up at the roof of Caesar's Palace. Who knows? With Mike Tyson. With Mike Tyson and a, and tiger. a tiger. Love Just it. Going to live the hangover dream. Love it. And if you, as we wrap up our third episode, thank you once again for joining us. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the voyage. Don't forget to subscribe. Obviously, rate and review the podcast. Some of you have been doing that. Fantastic. We love you. We love you so much. We love you so much. Um, And and you can hit us up on the social meds at NotSoBonVoyage on Twitter and Instagram and use the hashtag NotSoBonVoyage to submit your stories, to say hello, to just follow us and say, G'day, mate. G'day, mate. Ahoy there. And we can't wait to hear from you. We're going to do some giveaways soon with some swag. Oh, some NSBV swag. Oh, man. We're calling it early. Yeah. Okay. We're doing it. We're, I'm committing. All right. Well, it's this happening. is going out there now, so we're going to have to do it. Yeah. So find us on social media and keep an eye out for that. Okay. It's been fantastic, guys. Thanks for joining episode three. We'll see you next week. Bye, bitches. Be safe on the road. And if you're not, remember, tell us about it. Peace out. Peace out.